Hey everyone. <laughs> All right, we are live. I am going to just begin. Thank you so much for being here, Peter, Brian. I see you all. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. And today is going to be fun. Today is going to be special. So let's dig into it and honor those of you who are here on time. If you're here in the replay, thank you as well for being here. <laughs> let's begin. All right. The keys to regenerative soil transformation. That's what we're talking about today. That's what we really care about here is we care about our soil really seeing significant change, transformative change, because that's really what's needed in this situation. So, you know, where does this all begin though? Where does the, the where do we start? You know, when we're, when we're talking about how to make our soil unbelievable, uh, significantly transformed, where's the greatest point of leverage and where does it all begin? It actually begins with the sun. So it's photosynthesis, it's light hitting those leaves and it's different when it's on land than when it's in water uh, on land it vents off the oxygen from the photosynthetic reaction and it takes that h plus and it invests it in the ground and this is very critically important there's also exudates released uh we'll talk more about those in depth today um, as well as organic acids and proteins and lipids so the hydrogen cycle really is at the heart of this photosynthesis. I mean, you could think of it a variety of different ways. We just thought of it through oxygen, you know, where did the oxygen go? But further on with hydrogen, that proton, the opposite of that proton in stressed out conditions, in not ideal conditions, and in some natural conditions with certain plants, they release hydroxide, which can damage the soil. If the soil is already so acidic and so wet, release, releasing hydroxide is a survival mechanism. So that's a little different. But what we're talking about when we're growing food, we're not talking about natural states like a, like a swamp or something. <laughs> we're talking about soils that we can grow all over our normal foods in. That's what we're talking about today. So with, with that understanding, we can we can we can put boundaries on on our conversation and then we can we can see that when we want cations we need to be releasing these protons and it's a fundamental part of photosynthesis they break up the water with hydrolysis see in the center there hydrolysis and they release these protons if they're stressed if it's not good conditions they'll release hydroxide and it will further kill the soil and we'll get more into that in a second but I just want you to see what's going on here from different perspectives, because those sugars can be either monosaccharides or polysaccharides. Remember, if you read Mycomedicinals by Paul Stamets, the mushrooms, the, the actual part of the mushroom that is actually beneficial in fighting cancer and is medicinal is the polysaccharides. These are long carbon chains. Um, and, and the monosaccharides are the simple sugars like you know, sh the sugar that, that, that hurts us. Right. So it's really important when we talk about sugars that we understand that there's good sugars. Okay. So the non-reducing versus reducing, reducing means they're going to bring energy in. They're going to be delivering energy. We're going to be talking a lot about energy today because it starts with the sun. It starts with that energy reduction is the drawdown of energy. And so really what's happening is 
your plants are either pathogen bait or power plants, because if they're putting off that hydroxide, they're putting off stress signals. If they're putting out monosaccharides, simple sugars, they're putting out bait for pathogens and it will draw in all the bad things. So, so those sugars that are being put out, um, uh, they don't have control over them. And we're going to, we're again, we're going to talk more about this. So on the left side, we see what happens when things are operating well. You, you've got enough light. Photosynthesis is happening because there's enough water. There's enough CO2. It's powering this. And those electrons are being delivered into the organic matter. But, but there's also humic acids being released. There's also sugars being released. And in that process, there's all these microbes in trade and in relation to those. We're going to talk about the specifics of that today as well. And it's their microbial metabolites and also their signals and also the things they release to, to, to force the plant to do certain things um, that, that, that causes all the beneficial reactions in the plant. And then if it's not good photosynthesis, if the soil is really oxidized, like California soils where they're dried out and brittle, where they're really compacted, um, the plants aren't going to do as well. And they're going to send out, they're going to not going to sequester carbon and energy in the same way. And the pathogens and the insects are going to come and turn it into fertilizer so that the next thing that tries out there can, can do a better job. And it, that's the thing is it's like the plants can't help, but signal their own demise and the microbes are, are controlling it all. So you could be putting on great microbes, but if it's, uh, if the plant and the soil like are, aren't in harmony, like if, you know, if you're completely out of season with a plant, right. You're completely out of climate with a plant plants, not going to suddenly like live, it's going to, it's going to be still be stressed. And so you need to find the right, you need to match your plants to the bioregion. You need to match the plants to the soil type. You need to match the plants to the, the actual microbes. We'll get more into that as well. There's finer details to all these things. And when you align them, incredibly powerful things begin to happen. So we want to be on the side that gets energy, obviously. We want to be on the side, and we'll get into why very soon, but our world is designed this way. Photosynthesis is the way our world runs. It's, it's the way the solar panels, the, the trees and the plants gather the energy and put it into the system. And organic matter is where it's held. And that's why when you see like fungi, they're in the soil, they're like traveling through and they're going through the organic matter sections because they're the batteries, they're plugging in. Um, and that's why they're also partner with with the with the, the the solar panels themselves so it's it's really incredible when this is all connected especially when you start looking at the energy side of it it's so simple and and maybe that's part of the reason why <laughs> um uh, it wasn't always included in the what we learned in schools because it opens up so many doors and makes so many other things suddenly clear in food in health um there's a revolution in science that's uh, around the corner and there there's it's a lot there's a lot to talk about so photosynthesis has timing to it so they're working all day they're gathering all that sunlight in um they can't help but photosynthesize so 
they're going to take the sugars from that and transport them in the evening into the night. And then in the morning, early, early morning, they begin to process it. And the sugar has to all be used and processed and turned into polysaccharides for the most part by, by, by the next day, because plants don't have a choice here. Um, they're on, uh, on the train, it, it, the train takes off every day and, um, whether they're ready or not, it begins again, the sun comes up. So stress signals versus strength. This is really what it comes down to. If you eat a giant meal right before bed, you get indigestion, right? It's the same thing with plants. They need to be able to fully digest their food so they can handle their sugars. They need to go to bed on time, so to speak. And we know about our circadian rhythm for us as humans is so important more and more we're finding out. And so plants really don't have a choice here. They must continue their journey. They can't put down the uh, the blinds if we're you know uh, we're extra tired or sick or something. We 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 go to sleep and sleep during the day or rest. The plants are in the in the sun and they're just dealing with it. And then it gets backed up. And then it's all these backed up simple sugars that they're exuding in large amounts and coming out of the pores. And and then here come the sucking um, insects and the aphids. So when you're powered by the ambient environment, you are unable to turn off that flow. So the plant is essentially um, like a passive, passive conduit. Like with your solar panels, they're on when they're on and they're off when they're off. And so you need to be able to use, use and store the energy you get during the day properly to continue the growth cycle properly. So they're, they're, they're passive, they're, 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 they're passive organisms. They're not consciously releasing exudation. And we're going to get even, we're going to unpack all that. And so they have an internal digestion with microbes and they have an external digestion and it's biology every step of the way. Our biology is also helping us digest food. And, you know, I mean, when we ferment things and pickle things, we're digesting them before we eat them. So, so we do this to a degree too. And the thing is, plants evolve with all this in place. Let me check. You, you guys are seeing me and you guys are hearing me well. Let me just check in on that. All right. All right. You guys can hear me. I just, I just wanted to check. <laughs> last, well, not last time. I fixed it last time and this time, clearly. But something weird happened with the mic. And it got really quiet and I didn't catch it. So I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like blah over there. So anyway, continuing onward, uh, these organisms, these microbes and plants evolve together. So what does this all mean, Matt? That was like a fun little adventure, but what does it mean? Well, it means that we need as farmers and gardeners to help plants process and digest properly and completely. All right, but before I get into that though, who am I? Well, I'm Matt Powers. I'm a former musician, a former public school teacher, and I'm a citizen scientist. And I'm a family guy. And I've written over 20 books on permaculture and regenerative soil science. I'm an entrepreneur and a seed farmer. And I love this stuff. And I've been building the bridge to a regenerative future for the past 10 years. And, and so this the, talking about this is, is I can talk about this all day forever. So thank you for being here with me and enjoying this and digging into. 
So how do we make this happen for our site? How does this all, all happen? Well, let's talk about how do plants actually feed to break all this down. Because when we look at this, we look a little closer that, you know, the hydrogen protons are going out and they're getting cations in response. The hydroxide's going out and they're getting anions in response. Well, let's look at that a little bit. So protons are being released by the roots in a flood and it's displacing the cations on the negatively charged clay and organic matter particles. And this process is what the mineral science people have been using as their backbone. This is Elaine Ingham's model for how plants ideally eat. And the thing is, all the things I'm going to show you, they're all different examples of how they eat. So this is just another way. Um, for a long time, this was thought to be the primary way, but, but it's not. We'll, we'll get to that. But this is the microbes and feed off of the exudates, the sugars, those, those um, microbes then get fed upon by the next level in the soil food web, the next trophic level, the protozoa, and their waste, because bacteria and fungi don't have, you know, quote unquote, waste. Um, they don't have manures, micro manures, but protozoa do and nematodes do. And so nematodes feed on protozoa and have manures there and the plants feed on that. So it's pretty wild. We're going down like, you know, levels in magnitude and we're seeing very similar processes. It's like the plant roots are farming these microbes from one perspective and then their manures are feeding the plant roots. It's like, man, above ground, we're like farming these larger animals and using their manures to feed the soil plants. And it's like, whoa, okay, hey, that's, that's wild. You know, the plants are doing the same thing. So this is a pretty profound realization and discovery that Elaine and her husband and a whole team of folks discovered in the eighties. And then Elaine really ran with and started doing hot composting, spreading that. And then really compost tea is all Elaine Ingham. Like there's been other teas, there's other kinds of teas, but the way she dove into it, the way she promoted it, that that's that's like the 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 heart of a, of a lot of what she did, and 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 you know it's really remarkable because it's a great carrier for so many of the benefits and so many of the positive things we're talking about today, and we're about to see how it really works um, because cakes and cookies, remember that this has been characterized, the exudates have been characterized as cakes and cookies and the microbes are happily and the plants are just controlling the situation. Hmm. Well, if it's cakes and cookies, it's more like Hansel and Gretel and the roots are the witch. Ah, so, <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, those, those exudates go out uh, and they, they have microbes growing in them and then they get sucked up like a vacuum, like an anteater, sucking up the microbes that are being grown in those exudates. And then they get bombarded with superoxide and oxidized. See, everything relates to oxidization and reduction. It's the truth. Um, and they lose their outer walls. And some of them are completely destroyed. Some of them regrow their outer walls and form root hairs. And without microbes, you don't form root hairs. This has been shown with dozens and dozens of plants. This is newer science. I have people who are claiming to have PhDs that are, are, are unaware of this, but this is all well, 
well documented and replicable because Dr. James F. Uh, White is incredible because he gives a he gives credit to each student for all the parts that they did. And he's got their picture and their name and everything. Excellent professor. He's been at it 40 years, but he also shows you the exact protocol. So each one of his his papers that they're published. I mean, part of the reason why they go into these big journals is because they're they're they are so groundbreaking. But the other part is they're like how tos. They're like specific detailed how tos. And he goes, I mean, he's invent. I don't know how many uh, stains he's invented for um, endo endophytic studies, but it's it's remarkable. And he's also a friendly, fun fun guy, and um, we do interviews all the time with them. So this is the primary way that plants feed because in evolutionary terms the bacteria and fungi that are the smallest that can go through root meristem cells were here way before protozoa and nematodes so plant roots developed to develop they developed it in such a way that they wouldn't need those higher order trophic levels of the soil food web. They evolved with the rise of AG cycle so they can partner with simple yeasts. They can partner with endophytes that are also saprophytes. There's a huge overlap between those two. Endophytes are microbes that live inside the plant. Saprophytes are microbes that digest organic matter, um, dead decaying organic matter. And so these microbes, the third group of these microbes, and the reality is, huh, 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 this is a this was something I read over and over and over again when I found it in the literature. Um, and there's whole sections on this now. There's whole book sections on this now. The exudates get reabsorbed because they're reabsorbing with the microbes up to ninety percent. So it's like a shotgun blast out. It's also secretion and excretion, and some of it we can't tell which it is. And they're also sloughing off old cells that get counted in this exudation when they do the testing. So this is not as clear. This is a much more complicated field. And also plants are, you know, microbes are, are, are considered tiny animals. And so that makes like plants like not vegan. Um, they're literally feasting and farming on microbes. And 90% of these exudates, these cakes and cookies are being reabsorbed and then um, reprocessed. So it's not cakes and cookies. It's like a fishing reel. Um, it's like uh, they create this field in which plant, um, plant nutrients are liberated because they're releasing those protons, releasing these humic acids. So they're changing the pH, they're changing the, the redox, and they're liberating nutrients, and they're also releasing these sugars at the same time. So in this mixture of all these liberated ions, you have all these microbes feasting and growing and developing, and they're being sucked in as well. And it's a much, it's a much more interesting picture, I think. Uh, and it's a much more like that, that's much more like how nature works, right? <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, wild, you know what I mean? And, and the reality is the endophytes are the warriors that survive. 
they go in there and create a shield of fixed nitrogen around themselves. So they like fix nitrogen and we're trying to still figure out because they're inside the plant fixing this nitrogen, right? Where are they fixing this nitrogen from? And, and yes, if you're looking at John Kemp's plant, you know, pyramid health pyramid, you're like, oh, this, they're going to help turn your, your nitrogen into amino acids and help process your nitrogen. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and I think that's what we're seeing happen when we treat our plants with EM though. Um, but I think that certain microbes do it better than other microbes. And there's a whole fleet of microbes that are endophytes and all of them have to fix nitrogen. So, so we, we, we know they fix nitrogen. Um, we've seen it, we've tracked it. Uh, the only thing right now is knowing exactly where they're pulling it from, which is hard to track, but it is so cool about all this stuff is that it, every new step of the way we get another clue and it's a thrilling, thrilling story unfolding before our eyes and those of us in soil science. I mean, we can't stop talking about all this stuff. We can't stop, you know, just texting each other, sending each other new studies because um, we're going to unlock plant health and food health and at such a high level. I mean, think about this. When they talk about how our food is less nutritious, um, just go back to the monosaccharide polysaccharide thing. Imagine if your fruits um, and your vegetables, uh, instead of being heavy on the monosaccharide side, were heavy on the polysaccharide side. Oh, wait, polysaccharides are the medicinal ones. Oh, wait, polysaccharides are the ones that are charged with energy. There's a reason why, well, I'm not going to get into that right now, but that that's a seed I'm planting for you. Okay. That's a seed because there's a whole world attached to that, that I'm going to write about in mind, body, and soil. But what does this look like in real life, Matt? Come on, come on. Can we, uh, the first time I went to look for it, I found it. I did this with pumpkins and cause I, I was like, you know, pumpkins got those big, those big features, you know, big roots, big seeds, um, big root hairs make it very easy to visualize. And I've got so many different kinds of seeds that I like testing out and trying things. And I think maybe in universities, they don't do that enough. Um, and so this, this is something that, which is so wild that like everyone can confirm this. Everyone can replicate this because of the way Dr. James White wrote his study. And it's wild to me that I'll post things sometimes. And I think they're trolls, to be honest. I, I think the people being like, I've never heard of rhizophagy, endophytic nitrogen. I have a PhD. Like, like there are people like on it. It's always on Facebook. <laughs> um, uh, on YouTube, it's completely different. Um, that's why I'm doing my lives here and not on Facebook. Um, but like, there's these like really questionable profiles and I think they're trolls. And I mean, we wonder why citizen scientists like William Padilla Brown, um, people who have green deserts, uh, like Neil Speckman, having people impersonate them and try to poach their their people and ask them for money, like terrible things, disgusting things. And and there's the, we're conceivably, possibly we are under attack because this information is so disruptive. Um, we no longer will need the fertilizer companies. You will no longer need 
the pesticide companies, the insecticide, the fungicides. Forget all that. Big chem is would take a huge hit. Um, and and then suddenly local economies would boom everywhere and they become strong. And so that's the strong voting base. You know, you know, you know, independence is what led to, you know, being actually independent as communities is what led to independence um as a nation. So uh I, I, I don't know what's happening, but but that's what people are saying. That's what it appears like. And that's why I continue to show this information because I don't know when I'm gonna be. I, I mean, I, I am shadow banned on Instagram. I, I that much is very, very clear. As of this morning, it was very, very clear with what they were doing. I, I couldn't comment. Um, so so I just want to get this information out so that people know, so that people can start connecting these things because it's going to change all of our medicine, all of our food, all of our reality. And we're going to get more into it right now because it keeps going. <laughs> so here's the actual picture from the actual slide. Uh, this is with um, Blue Methylene, baby. Yeah. And um, this is, don't worry, this is not the same Blue Methylene that I'm using on the slide. But... It is blue methylene. There you go. The mysteries continue. And you can just see it. These, these microbes are, are, are being released from the root hairs after they've passed through in rhizophagy. And then mycorrhizae and rhizobia. You guys probably know about these. We're inoculating our peas and beans and clover so they form nodules. That's scotch broom on the right. Scotch broom is fascinating. I could go on and on about scotch broom. It has bulk holderia in it, as well as rhizobia. So you could put it in with your inoculation. You could crush up the, the nodules and put it in when you're inoculating your beans that you're going to be planting and have, you know, travel between. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, um, and then you could be coating your, your roots with ecto or endomycorrhizae. You could be um, partnering with them and, and having incredible things happen. That's what this actually looks like. <laughs> the thing is, when you have our buscular mycorrhizal fungi working with your roots, you increase phosphorus uptake by 10,000 times. Imagine that, 10,000 times. I mean, it, it makes these all these like peak phosphorus nonsense just look so silly. And if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back to the video we released last week. Uh, the first in this series on this, and, and you'll find all the information that you need. So what about those plant root hairs, Matt? Yes, they have life in them too. And, and that's part of the nitrogen cycle. Um, they're going to be taking in, you know, there, there are estimates and there are some testing and it between the roots and, and the leaves, it's up to 82%. And that's what we can measure. So we might be missing things that we're not catching. And so it could be 100%. It's really, really amazing what we can do with, with microbes. And what Dr. James White also discovered is all the plant hairs, all the trichomes, as they're called, on all plants. He tested over, a, over 30 different species. And he found nitrogen-fixing bacteria and fungal communities inside all the hairs. And he jokingly, because he's been doing all these cannabis cultivation talks, um, he jokingly said that, you know, all those cannabis growers are smoking microbes 
And I thought that was the wildest thing. And then like, we're talking to like to other folks and it's like, well, you know, microbes are the things that are synthesizing the vitamins that are in our plants. So the terpenes are coming from the microbes. And, and then Jeff Lowenfels is like, well, I think of it as messages and the terpenes are actually language messages between different microbes. And that's why different microbes lead to different tro uh, terpene profiles. Man, I was in an interview yesterday, a long format, like two hour interview. And, and they were talking about how cannabis cultivators are and have been the cutting edge for the past 40 years in agriculture but they've been underground for most of it because, and they haven't been able to talk about their findings. And now that it's coming to the fore, it's informing everything. And uh, I, I feel very, very lucky to have been in that community of growers. Some of my best friends in California were deeply involved in that Siobhan Brady, um, Quatamuk Via. That's what he was doing all the EM and cannabis cultivation or I think over 10 years, I think over 15 years, actually, and maybe 20 years. I, I, I actually don't know how long. Um, one of my best friends created the first sun-grown commercial variety in all of Can California at the first dispensary, uh, the close family friend, you know? And so this, this community, I, I feel very lucky that I was always a part of. I never... I, I was always friends of the cultivators. And so we always talked, talk, we always got deep with the science and then they would bring me into these situations and I would learn with these folks that were doing incredible things, creating feral cannabis that was, uh, they were creating entire forests of cannabis that was feral and was um, making seeds and buds on the same plant and would grow back every single year like a perennial and was mold free despite all the fogs. And, and so th they're doing incredible things. Um, and yeah, yeah, tangent, Matt. <laughs> Plants are active, passive and reactive. And just like with those that that cannabis perennial forest, people are perennializing plants, people are, are partnering with the microbes and getting them to, to, to increase medicinal value in not just cannabis, but everything. Um, folks are like, like Steve Raisner are, are figuring out how they can get involved in the supplement world with the dual root zone. They got to have that soil there in order to do aquaponics properly. That was his breakthrough. And, and we're realizing that these plants are so reactive, so incredible when you when you recognize all these aspects, because think about it this way. If we just thought, think of plants as purely passive individuals, we don't give them the autonomy. We do too much for them. But if we don't think of plants as active, then we don't realize that they can make good choices if they're given the, the, the right context. And if we don't recognize that plants are reactive, we can't trigger the right things to, to cause the plant to be extra active or extra aware or conscious, so to speak, of of what can happen. Like, like we can trigger the immunological response of a plant. And so suddenly more aware of itself um, in terms of, of its immune system. But this understanding of plants has never been brought together. And it's so critical. Um, I, it's so important to understand this, that 
the plants are not directly in control of their exudation, their excretions, they're just coming out of them. And they are active when they're interacted with and they're seeking things out. They have behaviors, they have instincts, and they have click war responses that they can't control. If you trigger it, it happens. Just like with, with SAR and ISR, with immunologically you know, triggered responses in the plant so that th they, they go to a next level of health and they, they have higher color, uh, uh, they have brighter colors, they have a more extreme and intense flavors. This, this is really important to recognize each of these aspects and the limitations and boundaries around each of these aspects so that you treat and manage your plants properly. Because there are these ideas that it's just this one thing. You just need to do this one thing. Oh, the plant's in control. If you just give the plant this, it'll be magic. Um, we have to understand. We have to know. And that's what's so cool about, you know, that cannabis community is they tested. They tested and showed each other their tests. And like then did contests, like the, 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 cannabis, the compost cannabis cup. Uh, I was talking to Chandler Wormies because all these people were coming to me, Quatamuk Via, you know, because he was watching, he, uh, I think it was the Future Cannabis channel. He was watching them talk about my book and Chandler being like, this is what we're doing. Found it in this book. We're doing it now. It works amazingly. We've got the best compost that we've ever found, the highest fungal count that we've ever found. And so it's all full circle. We're all connecting and, and, and it's, it's really working. People are finding incredible value in it. So these microbes are being digested. They're being stripped and restored. They're being forced to fix nitrogen. They're being partnered with, and they're also being beneficially coexisted with because there's saprophytes feeding on those cells, those sloughed off um, root cells that are just there. They're being fed upon. And the actual you know, process of those things being part of the soil food web chain of events they they get that 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 eventual nutrient back so <clears throat> they're not directly feeding off of them they're beneficially coexisting with them and there's also other things that they're beneficially coexisting with that are like nitrogen fixers that are saprophytes that don't need to be even like directly in the meristem or they're too big to fit through the meristem there's like a lot of stuff going on that's like oh there's this there's that and there's that there's, it's all happening at once. And when you like put it all together, like what they're doing is they're creating soil organic matter and a giant party. So it's like all roads lead to Rome, all roads lead to soil organic matter. And that's like what the carbon cycle really is. And we're back to photosynthesis. We came back. The sun is out tomorrow. Okay. So it's all about sequestering that carbon, bringing it down, making the air more oxygen rich and the, the soil more carbon rich. Do you guys see it? Do you guys see it? Soil organic matter, carbon sequestered, and then oxygen release. This is primary. And yes, fungi release 85 gigatons annually of CO2. And we release around seven gigatons. And if we bring back the fungi, they will increase that amount because 
we need them to be back to manage the soil with us, which means that we need to bring back photosynthesis. We've been removing the forest, the giant forests and the giant trees of the world for thousands of years. So, so yeah, that's my piece on that. Um, but organic matter is the carbon quite simply. And all life is that simple, humble combination of organic matter, carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and nitrogen. And guess what? That's in the air. If you're with me this week, you know, or this past week, you know, we've been talking about this. This is the air, the air, the breath of life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It is in the air. Life is in the air. The air is alive. And so when you increase your organic matter percentage, you're increasing the raw building material for life in the soil. Whoa. Let's let that sink in. It's the potential for life and it's the energy. Remember, we're drawing down that energy. Let's get into that. Because soils need the energy from the sun. And they don't need it banging on them like <laughs> in the desert on bare soil. They need it in relationship with water, with soil microbes, with coverage and like mulch and then and then and then canopies and and plants and all those things protecting it because all those layers that interact with water all those surfaces and edges with water have our spaces to have charge relations form every hydrophilic surface every water surface and every every area where there's water that's contained has the ability to create this and it's polarizing so what this is, is this is fourth phase water. So fourth phase water is just gel state water that forms on hydrophilic surfaces. Sounds pretty simple, right? This is part of why the biofilms form in your compost. Okay. Um, infrared also increases fourth phase water. Who creates infrared? Oh yeah, that's right. It's microbes. They put off light. So what makes an old battery no longer hold charge? You guys know this one? Well, it's this, like the salt buildup on that like inner panel. And like you can like slam it with a big, huge charge and like clean that off. Or you got to get a new one where it's clean. And what that means is that the actual differential has gone when the salt builds up on it. There's no difference between the different the, the anode and the cathode with the, with the, the, the energy bank. So this is, this is going to be relevant in a second. <laughs> so the differential is gone. We've been talking about positive, negative. We've been talking about polarization. Everything is about differentials. The sky is positively charged and the earth is negatively charged. So like you could do yin yang, female energy, you know, uh, male energy, this father sky, mother earth, all those kinds of things actually kind of perfectly played into this. How do they know that? I don't know, but um, uh, it's awesome. And it's so amazing how our ancestors all knew in their own unique way. And if we study our history, our myths, our legends, we start finding these kinds of incredible relationships. So positively charged, negatively charged. Remember how we wanted to like 
you know, increase fourth phase water in the gel state, that means I was increasing the polarity. Okay. And it actually purifies things when you do that, purifies the water, creates an exclusion zone that is pure. And that's why the micros want to go there because they can do their work unimpeded and feast on that energy. And then use that energy to power processes that they want to be participating in. So this is also root surfaces do the same thing. <laughs> Just another layer to add into your understanding. And um, it's about to get even cooler. Here we go. So uh, what, what, when, when we were earthing, we're getting the negative ions from the soil. When we go to the ocean, the ocean spray, we get the negative ions and the minerals in there. And then there's DMSO, dimethyl sulfide oxide, which is an incredible solvent in the sea spray. Whoa. Yes. It helps form rain, actually. But it's also going to deliver that those minerals into your body in a completely different way. So we go there to feel good because we're meant to be negatively charged. We're meant to be in touch with the earth but the earth is losing its charge huh the sky is supposed to be oxygen rich but the past hundred years we've been losing oxygen rapidly unfortunately i've done videos on this the soil is supposed to be carbon rich but it's losing the carbon rapidly so what happens to a battery when you ruin the differential Hmm. Make so the battery can't hold charge. And guess what? The atmosphere is shrinking and making it so that solar flares affect us much more strongly. I believe this is the core root problem of everything. And it's so simple and so easy to fix. And, and the reason it's not being fixed is because it's only profitable to the farmers and the communities and the health of everyone. So that makes big pharma, big chem, uh, all the healthcare, they are all lose money. Um, if, if all this stuff happens and that's why it's going to happen because <laughs> we all are figuring it out. We're all finding out and that's why they're scrambling and doing what they're doing so often. And so, um, let's keep going. So when we tell the carbon, the dust, that's the carbon and the silt and the minerals. Um, and then, and then the oxygen is actually bonding. It's actually bonding with the soil. So the oxygen is going into the soil. You're aerating the soil, aerate oxygen. Oh no. And we're oxidizing the soil too, which is um, removing the energy. So the Fenton reaction is happening. Let's zoom in on this. Oxidation of soil organics. There's the carbon, there's the nitrogen. Dang, it's gone. There's the energy. There's the fertility. Then they leave it bare, which, you know, this is what this is. If you leave it bare, the Fenton reaction happens. So tilling it and then leaving it bare is just like a one-two punch. And then it's knockout. And then they do it across the landscape. It's a monoculture of disaster. And then they use pesticides, fungicides, and insecticides to kill everything down to the microbes. And this also destroys the soil organic matter. So does synthetic nitrogen. For a long time, they tried to tell people that adding synthetic nitrogen will give you carbon sequestration in the soil, but that's just not true at all. And so now we know, now the truth came out. They are draining the soil of the energy and the life. 
But we, we can fix it. We can fix it. We know how. Because it's so simple. It's so clean and clear. You, you, water is also energy, too. That's another part of this. pH is linked to humidity and moisture always, always, always. And so um, the water that you have becomes the protons, which becomes the measurement in the pH scale. That's protons versus hydroxide above pH seven, measuring hydroxide below pH seven, it's measuring protons. So every 1% increase in soil organic matter, you're gonna hold an additional 20,000 gallons of plant available water in the top foot per acre of land. So in other words, they're so inextricably linked. Water makes all, everything possible in life. And the carbon is what's holding it. And it's not subtle, okay? There's a, a flip. We're, we're, the, there's not much in between in these areas where the soil pH um, is where people are farming. So where it's moist and, and, and acidic, it's, it's, it's definitely so. And so the, the switch, there's not much pH seven out there in the world. It's primarily acidic side or, or alkaline. And the reality is all the plants want to make the world more acidic. And it sounds like, oh no, we don't want things acidic. Uh, but that means energy rich. That means moist. And we do. We absolutely, absolutely do. Um, that's why the Goldilocks zone is 6.5 to 7 for plants. And of course, they swing through in and out of that as it goes through dry and wet spells. And, uh, and, and also, there's a subtle change throughout their day too. But this is a flip, not a gradual change, which means that when we do this, when we make these changes, it's going to be dramatic. It's going to be a flip. And I've seen it over and over again in all the sites I've worked on. And you can too. The differential is everything. And it's all electric. It all has polarity and it powers all life. So let's energize our soils. Let's bring the fertility back. Let's hold more water. So you may be asking yourself right now, Matt, but, but, but what do you do on your sites? I want to know about you, what you do, why you do it, how this all came out, came to be, you know, because I, I've been following you for a while and, or, or I used to follow you or I've never followed you. And where, where did this all come from? How do you arrive at all of this? Let's go back through time because at the beginning, we had this crazy decomposed granite in Central Valley, California, 140 degrees soils. Everyone said it was impossible to grow there. We turned it into this, okay? We did this in months. It evaporated, it melted, it turned into this. And we were using compost and compost teas all the time, not diluted. That's, that's, that's one of the things I like, I like show the dilution rates that everyone recommends that all the experts recommend. And then I always reveal like, I don't, I don't dilute that. I like hit it. Boom. And I see big change. And then nitrogen fixing legumes. Um, I, I like this picture just because you get to see the red of the nodule and everything, but I, 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 I this is scotch broom, so I'm not recommending scotch broom here. But, but I just want you to see that the, the, the nodules. I'll show you other, other legumes in a moment. 
but this is me in Central Valley, California. All these slides have been for Central Valley, California. We were just below Yosemite and above Fresno. That's where I was a substitute teacher in, the, in Fresno County and Madera County, and then became a full-time teacher in Madera County, sixth most violent county in America. And so um, diversity was something that was really crucial to this. So, I mean, this is just an example of my front yard. Uh, this was grown in straight up gravel and you can see that there's plenty of soil now uh, and it's thriving. So in spite of it being 140 degrees, in spite of it heating the gravel up, there was significant growth. And even with like <laughs> giant metal conductors, like that, that windmill right there is metal, um, things did well. So it's really about, uh, honoring a lot of these things I'm talking about here. We did earthworks, we did cover crops, and then we moved. Um, and so those are the, the things I did at that level. And then we moved, and this is gonna continue. Uh, Missouri uh, Baker Creek Heirloom Expo. I mean, pff, at the Heirloom Expo every year, I fell in love with Baker Creek and their seeds. I started planting them like crazy. And then I became their spokesperson and moved to Missouri for six months where I was doing a daily show for them. And it was in the middle of winter and I was about to start my garden and then there was something that happened and um, we left. And uh, we're all friends. Uh, Jared's a good friend of mine. Um, and we, we, we still work together, sponsors events of mine and everything. Um, but, but, but yeah, I was working there and, uh, and I was doing all those videos. Many people remember me from this time period, but, um, but, but yeah, yeah. So I left there and that was the last time I had a boss. Uh, and then we moved again and then we went to Balboa park in San Diego with another group closely connected to Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, the World Beat Center with Makeda Makosa. She's had the longest running reggae radio station in San Diego, had the first juice and veg, uh, I think the first vegetarian restaurant in California, first juice bar in California. Um, she's an incredible person, uh, one of our, our close family friend, and I helped her expand her gardens down there for a while. I was figuring out kind of like where we were gonna go my mom's mom passed away at this time and we were living um, in that house, helping her pack and process. So it, it, there, were, there was a lot of personal things that, that pulled us from Missouri and then had us with helping my mom for oh, about a year. Um, and then while during that process, I was working with Makeda um, and she became like, uh, like another honor, another grandmother to my, to my kids and, uh, yeah, it was a special time period, actually. And then we moved again um, and we went to Washington and we had some epic help putting in swales, earthworks again. We got chickens and we always have chickens. Uh, they're great helpers. Um, we started growing food there. You can see I'm adding mulch, I'm covering. Um, and you can see beans in there. Um, this is actually three sisters. Um, you can see that, uh, the corn there, the squash and the beans. And then I started getting into effective microbes at this point. And then recently I learned that EM has been documented to increase soil organic matter by 0.5% in only two months until now we had documented plants being able to do it alone in, tw in 12 months at 0.5% as the record. This changes everything. And yes, he was growing 
I believe peppers at the time. Um, and when this happened, but this has never been documented. This is folding time. Um, if you can, and this was done in Arizona. So conceivably they can go 10 months of the year. That means that 2.5% a year would allow them to sequester in four years, 10% soil organic matter per acre. It's absolutely bonkers, bonkers. So this is what EM can do. And EM is a trademark term for, for like all these microbes that, that you can grow yourself, that I can teach you how to grow, um, that Quadamuk Via has been teaching people how to, how to grow and use um, native IMOs from living waters. He's got his own kind of variation. Like I, I, we, we teach that as well in my courses and my books as well. But um, this is absolutely incredible. And EM is a kind of product that farmers that are used to just plugging things in can just plug it in and then see this kind of uh, dramatic result. This is a farmer that's transitioning. And so they actually didn't change their for their fertilizer, they used the synthetics and EM and still saw this. So the EM uh, uh, balanced it out and ate and transformed the nitrogen because that's what EM does. It changes all forms of nitrogen into amino acids. So it digests it. So by digesting and making it more bioavailable, it kickstarts this reaction. So it's truly incredible what's happening with microbes. Um, and people are just beginning to figure it out. And then we in Issaquah, Washington, this is what it turned into. Again, a riot of, of growth. And man, the food was beautiful. And it got big. And then we moved to Sonoma County. And then I started working with dialing in like uh, cover crops more at, down to the five cousins. If you haven't seen that video, that's a fun one. Started partnering more with Michael Rise. Started doing inoculants. I started getting that, hey, there's that, that this is where I actually pulled up that uh, scotch broom and took this picture because I was using this to inoculate peas. So, so I was crushing and cutting these things and putting them into an inoculation process. Did a lot of chop and drop here. And I should say my son did a lot of chop and drop. He did two acres, um, did some earning on that, on that site. And he made, um, he definitely uh, got some farm strength out of that. And so we were, you know, that's 10 foot tall scotch broom. And so we were chopping and dropping it and then treating the soil and then seeing the stumps that where everyone's like, it'll just spread out the stumps, uh, the stumps themselves uh, be turned into food for the plants around it. And it turned into exactly what we wanted it to, which is going to be forage uh, for, for animals. Uh, so it became an excellent uh, grassy field of, of beautiful forage from scotch broom. And people said that was impossible. So chop and drop's incredible. Um, but, but, but treating it with, 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 with the right microbes is, is, is key. And biochar was also key. And you can also do bone char um, and rock dust. I was also using rock dust at this time. And you can see that the soils were getting darker and getting more and more interesting. And, um, so, you know, and, and while on this site, we had this corn, we had just incredible results with the colors in all the foods because we we're using the rock dust and the microbes. 
And those things together make the colors on things go wild, very vibrant. And that's also how you know the highest levels of health are being acquired. And then I wrote this. And in researching this, my brain, I think, grew a thousand times um, and changed how I view everything, life, soil, sun, everything. Um, it's made my relationship with nature completely different. And I began to understand these things all at a different level. And then we moved. Okay. And then I began to expand my testing to everything. I got a DNA testing uh, sequencer, which is nanopore technology. So it's way better than PCRing it, which is like a delay pedal and muddies up the signal and creates mutations. And at a certain level, cycles can read as anything. Um, so we don't want to do that. We want accuracy. Um, and so, and I got into doing microscopy deep, deeply. So, uh, and it's because if we don't look, we can't know for sure. So I got really into the testing and we came to San Marcos. We were only there for under a year, but we did what we do. You know, we did what we did. We put in earthworks, we pacified stored water. We planted, we did compost. You can see the compost right there. We had compost tea and that brewer going right there as well. And we had incredible plants. These are cow peas. This is our cover crop. And everything that I learned started going into these teas and compost as the vehicle. And you might be like, I'm creating natural farming, Matt. I don't like the teas as much. I do, I do maybe liquid IMO sometimes like Chris Trump or yeah, you can spike that with all the things I'm doing. You can spike your IMO three there's or your IMO five or what have you. All of this can work no matter your modality. If you're like, oh, I'm a John Kemp person, you know, those top two levels of the pyramid where it's like robust biology. And then the next level is robust biology. Who is the robust biology? That's who I'm talking about. That's who I'm working with. And that's, that's the kind of detail and level that you need to get to. And so then we moved. Okay. This is the final time. This is the final time. We're going to stay in this site for years. Uh, and, and, and you'll see why it's the perfect permaculture site. It's on 24 acres. And I got, I'm getting more and more testing. The lab is coming together. I've got my bionutrient meter to see what the nutrients are inside the plants with a spectrometer. And we built, the first thing we did was built an auto composter like Michael Whitman, like Wormies Chandler, who is hosting the compost cup and compost camp. Now it's called. And, and, and because compost, because compost is such a key medium for everything that I've learned and key calibration piece because you can calibrate compost to be the charge that you want, to be the nutrients that you want, to be the minerals that you want. It's that powerful. Okay. So we're still unpacking. I'm still getting things set up, but I got that in there. I got the composter in there during the drought. Cause I mean, we moved in during the middle of the drought in Texas. And if you've been down here, you know, it's no joke. And if you don't have the momentum of moisture and coverage and growth, um, it's not worthwhile to start just growing in the middle. You cut the earth and you gas off Fenton reaction, all the, the new, the nutrients and all the carbon and the energy. And then, right. You got to work with the rain here. The rains are starting to come back right now. And so that's why I'm like, I you know, that's why I've been working outside actually. All right. And I'm setting other things up right now. So I'm setting up the vermicompost bin right now. I'm prepping to do the Johnson Sue beam compost. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I have a whole field. I'm going to be mowing and gathering up all those weeds and, and grasses. And, and I'm going to be using those in the Johnson Sioux and any leftovers are going to go into a small, quick, hot compost. And then I'm going to be setting up in that one acre site that you saw that, that block down on the bottom side, that's going to be a one acre market garden. Uh, and then I'm going to set up a greenhouse system because we've got more ringas growing. I have a half acre food forest I'm going to be setting up. I'm going to be setting up three different ponds or tanks as they're called here in Texas. And they're going to be doing wings off of them. So the water spreads out using key line earthworks and geometry. So it spreads out evenly as overflow from when the ponds fill up because they absolutely will. Uh, and then I'm going to be putting solar pumps in the ponds or tanks as they're called here. And then solar aerators or waterfalls and, and sand and reed filters to keep the water really clean, really healthy. And we're going to fence around them so the cows can't go in them. And then we're going to do salads and style chickens um, with the cows. And we're going to have um, them, them go around and add nutrients back into the ground and spread the cow patties around for us. One of my sons wants to raise ducks. One of my sons wants to grow gourmet mushrooms. I might have them work together and take turns moving the chickens um, and doing the chicken chores um, on the land. But this is just the beginning and we're setting up my laboratory, of course, but this is just the beginning of us moving onto this site and getting ourselves reestablished. Uh, and we've done this so many times. Um, we know the keys, we know the fast leverage points because we've had to do it so many times. Um, and each time we do it faster and faster and faster because of what I've learned in the process of, of writing and researching for that book, Regenerative Soil. So you may be asking yourself, well, Matt, that's cool, but who else is doing this? Well, um, University of Utah, you know, uh, Utah State University is using it and in their permaculture gardens that they'd already established, they were established, they're already doing all everything that, you know, out there under the sun. And they doubled their harvest by doing the, the, the orchestration and the harmonious understanding and an alignment of all of these elements. It's just, it's not enough to know what these things are because I probably said things that you've all heard of, you know, organic matter, biochar, rock dust, you know, biology, but it's <laughs> which ones and then how they're arranged and aligned and then how you manage and implement. And when those things are all in alignment, those are power moves. <laughs> those are power moves. And you can see doubling your harvest happen, but not just that. Part of this whole doubling your harvest is you, you shorten time so you can plant more. So you can have another growing season in your growing season and then another, 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 and then what's going on here with living soil is we're folding time. We're changing everything. And at the same time, we're getting better food. Chris Trump's record of success, all the stuff that I'm teaching um, when you, when you read my book or take my course, you're going to understand Korean natural farming and, the, and all natural farming practices at such a deep, um, fundamental level of fluency that you'll be able to improvise and you'll be able to understand why Chris is now improvising and doing new preps like IPMO and, um, the blue, <laughs> the blue spirulina, purple non-sulfur bacteria, rhodosomonas polustris rich, 
lab prep he's doing now because of Steve Raisner's genius. I love those guys. Um, so his record of success all over the world, helping some of the, the poorest farmers all over the world have incredible success, get away from the nitrogen fertilizers, the phosphorus fertilizers, to get away from the harmful chemicals, the harsh chemicals, and to, to have a regenerative soil and system. John Kemp's work is also another angle at this. And the thing about my work is all of their works is included and navigable and connected. So you can understand John through natural farming or understand natural farming through John. They all connect when you go down to the, the ions, the minerals, the biology, the individuals, the individual strains and the biochemistry that the micro the microbes perform. And, you know, Elaine Ingham, her record of success and her being, you know, a founder in all this, you know, uh, she opened the door for all, so many of these, these in more in-depth understandings and practices to occur. So all of these, these people have helped us. Now, me saying that might make you think, you know, like, well, how is this different? You know what I mean? How is this not just those things rehashed? Well, in Elaine's work, redox isn't covered. Rhizophagy isn't covered. Redox is the energy. It's very important, like we talked about today. Rhizophagy is how they primarily feed. Plants primarily feed that way. And that's how endophytes get in. It's what mycorrhizae fungi hijacks. <laughs> then mycorrhizal fungi aren't covered as well. Um, endophytes aren't covered so much. And more isn't covered. Uh, how they connect to everything. How it connects to the chemistry, the minerals. because there's natural mineral cycles and each mineral's natural cycle ties into how plants function and, and form and how they evolved. And we can align to those processes for everything. And then we can nourish our plants the way that nature intended. So I do cover Elaine Ingham's work in detail, but I don't focus on her lab. I don't focus on like lab consulting certification and training. I do cover microscopy. Uh, we've got a, a um, an uh, introduction in this course to microscopy that is kind of like an introduction to the introduction because we have a much more in-depth introduction forming that is going to come out later this fall around just microscopy. But this course has, I think, hour and a half to two hours of microscopy education in depth from professionals who have been doing it for many, many years. So uh, who originally were trained by Elaine and then kept going further and, and just kept learning. So if you want to start compost tea and compost testing lab, Winrow, you know, check out Elaine's stuff. I'm, I'm, I've always been an affiliate of hers. She's always helped me. I've always helped her. We're always friendly. Um, and her students are actually all in my courses. Um, I have hundreds of her students in my courses. And uh, many of her, her top students are actually examples and case studies that we review in my courses. Uh, and, and many of them are reviewers of my book. So we're all in this together. It's all like much love. And um, we wouldn't be here without pioneers doing this work in the 80s and 90s like Elaine. So, um, so much is happening today. People like James F. White, huge thank you to him. Master Cho, huge thank you to them. My program is holistic and it takes all of them in and it connects all those proven methods so that you can understand the why they're good and how you can use them and combine and improvise and be fluent. 
because without that kind of community level fluency, we'll never iterate at the highest level. I mean, Shakespeare only arrived in an atmosphere of fluency with an audience that was so fluent in the English, living English language that they got all the nuances of his little jokes. His jokes were funny. They were hilarious because at the time, the language was like sharp. It has sharp wit because people were sharp. Um, it was out of that kind of community, Bach's the same way. Bach was the product of a family of musicians. The parents were music teachers, all siblings were professional musicians. And then here comes Bach, rocks that thing, right? And then he redefines music altogether. That's what I'm after. That's why I'm so transparent. That's why there's a lot of things coming down the pipe that are gonna promote that even more, um, much more than, than, than I've even talked about today. Um, so I link all these things together. I'm making, I'm making a database that's going to, going to show all these things. You may have heard of it, but I'm, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, can this be scaled down to the garden or up to the farm in my book? You actually have the calculations and the formulas to scale it up to as many thousand acres as you want, or down to the square footage that you want. So all of these solutions have that ability. All of this understanding has that ability. That's one of the things that I was stumped by when I was visiting a college, a, a ag college in Missouri, when I was representing Baker Creek, they're like, how do I do this on 10,000 acres? How do you get comp? And I was like, oh, now I have answers. So um, yeah, yeah. Younger Matt had a hard time that day. He wanted to give you that answer, but now older Matt has that answer. <laughs> So, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm really grateful to be here and have all this information to share with you. There's absolutely answers for everyone. There's solutions for everyone. You could be doing balcony. You could be doing indoor cultivation. You could be doing aquaponics with the dual root zone, all of that. So what if your soil improved every year? It got darker. It got it smelled better. It held more water. You had to water less. And you can tell it's significant. Your plants are bigger, brighter, tastier. You notice you, you've got a bricks meter. You know it's doubled in, in bricks. You know every single year is changing more and more. That's what regenerative soil is. And that's what's possible for everyone in all climates all soil types. We can have more carbon, more organic matter. We can hold more water. We can hold more energy. We can increase the biology to that robust level. We can have those microbes that we know are the right ones. So it's not just fungal to bacterial ratios. It's the actual fungi and bacteria that you know individually because that matters. That's why there's been, there's been science with perfect fungal to bacterial ratios and plants are dying or plants are, are struggling. So this is, this is very important to know. And because of that, you have plants that are more nutritionally dense than have ever been documented. And all the poisons and the toxins and the, the chemical fertilizers, the things that they're running out of anyway, you just get to skip. You don't need them. And that makes you save money. It, you have higher yields. You're saving time. Your kids can run through the fields. Your garden doesn't need to, to protect itself from insects. You, you, know, you don't need to protect it from insects because it can protect itself. <laughs> and so th this 
is something that's priceless. Our, and this is not something that's alone. It's all these benefits together. They don't separate out, which is beautiful. You, you get one, you get them all. That's what happens. So how does this work? Well, we go really into depth. I've, I've shown a little bit on my channel here on YouTube, but we go into way more depth on the history of the science and of soil creation, how it actually works. And then we talk about the actual cycles for all the essential minerals and then all the essential bi uh, biology. I mean, we're talking about the yeast, the dark septate endophytes. We're talking about all the things that are just not covered or talked about anywhere online. They're all vital and important. And then the physics and the chemistry of the soil, how all this biology and the minerals actually behave and interact and, and the rules and boundaries of their behavior, sort of like the instincts of the soil and the microbes and the minerals. And then we delve so it's deeper than what we've covered here, deeper than what I've shown. We delve into the true human history with soil. And then it shows our misconceptions, shows how we perceive things, why we perceive things this way, and then why the damage happened the way it did. And then, and then because you see how that happened, you will now understand the process by which to fix it. Okay. So it's this holistic learning. It's learning from natural principles, learning from the way natural nature really works, learning from the history of the way things really work. And then we go to regenerative soil case studies of people who are actually doing things right. And we, we, we talk about how it plays into their, these, these recipes, strategies, and methods so that you see them in these case studies so that everything is rooted in a reality, in a proven method. And it goes from micro to macro, from the, the generalized cycle, the way the world is, to a hands-on method that's happening this fall for you on your site, that's seeds, that's compost, that's inoculant, like biochar and rock dust. It boils down to that, but knowing the dance the harmony, the symphony, the orchestration, the patterns and the cycles and how to interact with them. That's what this course will give you. Um, put, no one's put all those things together and from all the different disciplines. So adding all that together and then doing all the testing and then filling out the guides, the worksheet guides makes it so that you will always be able to take informed action. And that creates regenerative soil. So we've got weekly videos, we've got audio downloads, we've got live Q&A weekly for 20 weeks. And you have replays of all those when you download the audio. And then there's the ebook, there's the exclusive audiobook. You can't get this audiobook anywhere else outside of this course. It's not on Audible, it's not on YouTube, it's nowhere, it's only in this course. And we have guest teachers, we've got case studies, we've got regenerative soil certification. And then we've got the how-to and the science behind it all. Plus, we've got incredible options. So if you want to get past the one-size-fits-all testing, one-size-fits-all management and soil thinking that seems to dominate and permeate so much of the online world, come, come to this course. Come with us because we're going to give you the keys to unlock all the doors so you can travel through all the different disciplines and understand them and understand their utility and start using them now 
to, so that you can, you can make your soil absolutely incredible. So you can navigate all the different understandings, all the different camps, all the different modalities. It's all possible. You can grow pest and disease resistant plants. You can fix your soil, no matter how messed up it is. And you can use a microscope to do it all. And it's easy and affordable because there's payment plans. And it's also on top of it being something that you can use payment plans for. There's, it's a fraction of the cost of what other programs that cover similar. There's nothing that covers the same information out there, but, but this is a fraction of that cost. And there's a lot of familiar faces in here. A lot of people have come together to support me, to make sure that all the voices are included and they've peer reviewed it. And it's, that's why there's all these different, different disciplines represented. And, and that's why they're all connected. Everyone wants to see them connected to be able to work together because we're all trying to make soil regenerative. And when we understand how they all work, the benefits of each, how they work, then we can use them all. And that's, that's really the key is to be able to use all these, to have that depth of understanding. So I've gone through thousands of studies. Oh my gosh, I've had to buy hundreds of books. It's been incredible. Some of the books have cost hundreds of dollars, individual books, because they're college and grad school uh, textbooks. And so, and then I've had online courses I've, uh, that are through universities. I've talked to and interviewed dozens and dozens of experts and, and, and we've delved into dozens of, 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 of the actual published studies. And, and we've had over a dozen peer reviewers on the actual course and on the actual book. So this is something that's vetted. This is something that the benefits are sure. People can, people can deal with their waste. People can reverse erosion. They can heal degraded soil. There's natural antidepressants in this soil. This is the key to healthy animals and healthy people. And it works with actual scientists and farmers. That's how I can be so confident. That's how I can know because it, this is happening on universities. This colleges that are adopting this. So there's some amazing new bonuses this time around um, that I really want to talk to you guys about. The regenerative soil microscopy book, the ebook, and the introductory course. So if you wanted to delve more, there's already an hour and a half in here, but there's going to be an entire six week course that you're gonna get as a bonus. So this is wild. And if you already have this because you're a Kickstarter backer, I can sub it out for you. you. Just sign up and I'll sub it out for you with whatever course, introductory course that fits. Um, I got, I got that, I, you know, I got six other courses so um, that can fit that profile. So we, we can swap it out for you. But this is a $500 value. This was a, you know, it's included with, with certain signups. Um, so this is what happened. Folks, this is so high in demand right now. People want to know with a microscope what's actually going on. And this is the next part in the trilogy. So regenerative soil is actually part of a trilogy. And so this is the next book. So you get to preview the next course by getting this book before it's even out in print. And this is going to come in the fall. I, I have, I have it 80% written. I've got to finish writing it and then edit it. And then it'll be to print, but before it does, it'll be an ebook and you will get a copy. And that's, this, this is, this is what it is. It's regenerative soil microscopy. It's the microscope and supplies you'll need. 
it's a morphological guide. So visual guide to microbes and so food web members, nematode identification, all of that, testing protocols, and then how to measure those results with rubrics, and then case studies of people who have done it and how it's worked, how it looks, and then best test methods to pair with this because it's not just it's not just the microscope. Because remember, there was a DNA in that trilogy, the third book. So this is what it looks like. It's going to be highly visual. It's going to be really easy to understand. You're going to be able to just follow along, like almost almost like a picture book. But we're definitely going to have a lot of good words in there too. <laughs> but you've noticed, you know, I really rely on visuals because it makes it incontrovertible. It makes it self-evident in a way that's quite unique. So if you want to dig into microscopy, this is the time to dig into this course because it is included. All right, and the hardcover. I cannot explain to you how valuable it is to have the physical book. You're doing things where you're searching around and you've got to flip it. You're trying to flip and you're scrolling and you want that part here and you want that. It's just too much. You've got to open up duplicate files when in reality, you can have this included in your order and you can see all of the, the, the charts, the soil food web members, the EH charts, you can flip back and forth between the corrosion rates and the actual cycles of where these minerals go. So you can figure out, oh, that's where it's getting locked up in my system. You can flip to through all the different recipes back and forth. You're like, oh, which one is the one for magnesium? Oh, I'm gonna go do that. And then I'm gonna add this and flip, 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 flip. It is so useful to have these so that you can quickly view them, you can hold, you know, different spaces with different fingers and go back and forth. It is absolutely incredible to have that. And not only that, we've got even more bonuses if you want. You can have the introduction to regenerative soils so that you can have a review of this course so that you can have it. Because if you're like, oh man, I don't know if I can go this deep so fast, we'll take the introduction and get warmed up. And then on top of it, the regenerative entrepreneurs and experts launch a business. This is the time to launch a business. This is the time to start a side business. This is the time to figure out how to turn your homestead into a production local business so that next year when those shortages hit, you're ready and you'll be able to help your community and help yourself. And that's included. And, and I, I've had people um, launch businesses using that. So if you choose those options. You can have that. You can choose and pick the, that plan. You can pick whatever works for you. And on top of that, I'm, I'm, I'm announcing that there are scholarships this time. So if you have, you know, hardship or if you are a student and, and, and you have, uh, if you're seeking a discount, this is the time to email me, matt at the permaculturestudent.com. And there's actually a new bonus for folks that sign up for this option, the R Soil Database, one year access. So what is this? So I alluded to it earlier. I said, I really want things to be more transparent. Well, let's get into it. What if all test samples were put online, the test results, and we could track where they were and we could see 
over time by bioregion globally, the changes in organic matter and, and how different cultivators are, are getting better results in relation to soil health and, and specific microbes. There's so much information and people are mining and gathering this information and hiding it. So we need to make it open and transparent so the public can, can, can use it so that we can grow the best food possible so that we can test and protect our food and our soils and our water. So this is the way we're going to actually draw all the tests together for the first time ever. Mineral tests and biology tests have never been all brought together. Tests against tests have never been done in the public. And gathering this together will give us a 360 degree view of the soil. And then adding in the plant health, the bricks, the bionutrient meter information gives us a 300 degree, six, 360 degree view of the plant and its health. And so for the first time ever, we're going to have the ability to prove across plants, bioregions, um, uh, climates that healthy soils, healthy soils that are high in organic matter and with a robust biology of very specific types leads to plants that are the highest nutrient density and, and also disease resistant, pest resistant. And so this is, this is how we're going to show that and prove that to the world and make it self-evident and also show the, the best practices because good, better, best is only found when you do it as a community openly. And so we're like, wow, what did you do differently? Uh, oh, I started putting, you know, rock dust in my compost. And that's why my bricks suddenly jumped at the, at the, and so suddenly all the people at the farmer's market are doing rock dust and then everyone's bricks jumps. And then someone adds in IMO three, you know, or liquid IMO. And then, and then that jumps again. And then this creates a beneficial, harmonious, exponential growth opportunity that only benefits everyone. The farmers, the soil, the plants, the people, the atmosphere, the future, everyone. So we have to make it open. It must be and, and, and the thing is, I am making it so that this is a bonus with all like the bells and whistles. I'm going to make it free to get the basics so that everyone can be included. But the all the bells and whistles and all the fun things is going to be a bonus. And also, you guys are going to help me. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to uh, operate it. And you guys are going to operate it. And it's going to be the first information in there. So I really want to make sure it's done well. Um, so, so that's part of the reason why we have the course attached to this. So you guys know how to, how to enter all the information. So, so organic matter globally, bioregion, how you compare. Um, and then we're going to have metrics. We're going to have the top tens that rotate the highest organic matter levels, the most fungal dominant compost, the, 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 the highest bricks, the highest bionutrient meter, you know, the results, all of it. Highest rated members, the most followed members. Um, all of that is going to be constantly changing as a top 10. We're going to honor people. And then it's going to be community rated so that people are actually going to do like three or like to like one to five star, maybe do a three star, maybe do a five star. They're going to be rating your entries and the quality of your entries. And that's how things are going to be ranked. It's community rated, community regulated, and it's going to be open source so that we can be completely open because this is, this is how we improve. The community is going to give us feedback and how to make it better and better and better.
And it's going to be the first time that we can compare all these different points for the first time ever in history. So I, I can't even begin to explain how excited I am about that. Um, you're going to be able to develop your fluency at a completely different level by visually comparing all the entries that are community rated to be the best of the best. But we begin Monday. So if you miss this, none of those bonuses is going to be able to, to happen. So, so if you want three extra courses, you want, you know, all, all of the above, please sign up now. Go over there, head over there right now. Check out the link. It's in the description. Um, join us this year. I'll hop in the chat here in a second. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. Subscribe and share. This is Regenerative Soil. Everyone's excited about it because it really works. It's like a miracle, but it's nature. And that's the, the cool thing about it. It's, it's not me individually. It's not us uh, even as a collective. It is the principles and the power of the natural world that we're in alignment with. And when we do that, the natural energy cycles, the natural carbon and mineral and biological cycles all go wild and abundance flows. And I want that for everyone. So join us. Click the link in the description. Join us. I'm Matt Powers. We start Monday. Don't miss this opportunity. Thank you all for being here. All right, folks. I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon here or evening or early morning, wherever you are in the world with me. Thank you so much. Click the link below. Don't miss this opportunity. And I will see you on the inside. <laughs> Thank you so much.